Hello, this is Chris Downey, producer for UN50 Podcast. My apologies for the audio quality on BJ this week. We will correct that moving forward. This episode centers around defunding the police. As always, BJ, Harmony, and Drew provide insightful and impactful commentary. Listen in and enjoy. So, welcome back to the show number four. And what we're going to be talking about today, my name is BJ, UN50. And we're going to talk about the hashtag abolish police, defund police. And then also, I kind of want to just uh, maybe give folks a little bit more insight as to who I am. So, hashtag me. And uh, <laughs> so, but we're just going to kind of have this conversation that this buzzword around abolish police, defund police. And what that, what do you think that? that is and what it isn't and I'll give you a perspective from, from my perspective of being law enforcement what that says sitting in a room with budgets and having to do that so first I just want to have my co-host kind of reintroduce themselves to you Drew Hey I'm Drew I'm a rising senior at UNC Greensboro and I'm just trying to live trying to make it out here <laughs> I love that. So I'm going to follow Drew's lead. My name is Harmony, um, a social worker by profession. Um, really excited to be doing this work. And, you know, I'm just out here doing my best day to day. So I, I agree with you, Drew, out here trying to make it, doing my best, and and hopefully going to see some substantial change in this lifetime. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I've been dealing with since we, we just you know, had the third show, but since we've been doing this and I talked to Harmony about this, I kind of want us to talk about a little bit how this whole stuff has been affecting us mentally. Um, And just because you guys are really into, not into, but you, you're firm believers in supporting of mental health and, and everybody making sure they're healthy, physically healthy, obviously, but also mentally healthy. And I think I just want to make sure that people understand that we recognize that and I, we want black folks to, if you don't feel okay, then it's okay to ask for help. Um, and one of the things that's going on with me, I mean, I, I wrote a blog and I'm just talking about this weeping uh, that I've been experiencing. I mean, I'm, I'm walking around the house, I'm eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich and I'm crying. I'm trying to figure out what, what is that about? And so I went to the doctor. And she was, you know, I had some other stuff that I went there for one thing, but ended up talking about what's going on and just kind of started tearing up. And as soon as I started tearing up, she said, that's just, that's trauma. So and I kind of knew that, but I just didn't, didn't call it, so mm. to speak. And so, you know, I just kind of wanted to sit with that for a minute to, to realize that, I mean, I think we all know the data behind black folks and going to see therapists. They just, we just don't. Don't do it. And we, we just don't do it. And I think right now with everything, I mean, you got COVID that's bringing out all these things about health, jobs. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot. And then, you know, we watch a man get murdered and the things that are going on and our bodies are just taking a lot of stuff. So I, I just want to at least acknowledge the fact that it's okay you know, to feel what you're feeling and recognize it, acknowledge it, and it's okay to get help. So I just need, uh, like I said, Harmony and, and Andrew to talk about that, that, I mean, it's even having an impact on my wife. Uh, she's a white female, and she's really struggling with, you know, where she fits in all of this. And, and I mean, she even made a comment about she was concerned that I was going to look at her like, she was having some problems. She was like, I don't want you to think I'm, you know, some weak white female having this issue when it's really not about me. 
you know, she didn't want me to look at her as using this moment to go, oh, woe is me as a white female. And I wasn't, and I'm not, because I know that's not what she was doing and really struggling. So our relationship is having to trudge this trauma together. So we're seeking, we're seeking counseling as a couple to manage this, me, because I'm black law enforcement and all that. And then she's got to figure out, because she's like, you are walking around. She literally has some concern in this moment that I'm out walking and something could happen to me. And I'm going, what? And so anyway, so I just kind of want to sit with that for a minute and see where you guys are and, and how you feel about that. Um, Harlan, you want to go? You're mixed. No, <laughs> um, I was thinking about something as you were talking. I, I got off a, of a Zoom call not too long ago with um, my intern cohort, internship cohort, and we had a psychologist come and talk to us about stress and how most people don't realize how stress, anxiety, depression can have so many physical effects on your body that not, like not a lot of people realize. Um, and we also talked about the post. Why can't I think about what it is? Post traumatic post-traumatic slave syndrome. That's exactly what it is. So mm-hmm. we that too. So not only are we carrying the weight of watching a man die, uh, going through a global pandemic, um, having the weight of, I don't like to use the word ancestors because I feel like that has like a so far away connotation and it wasn't that long ago. Um, but the, our predecessors in history, um, that weight of that, that they carry is on our backs too. And then we have to deal with our life stuff that we have to deal with our own. So I think that by itself is a lot of stress just in general. So um, just kind of echoing what BJ said, just kind of take time for yourself and figure out what you'd like to do. Cause this, this is a, a harsh time for a lot of people and I don't, I don't, I'm not a therapist. Don't please don't like not say don't take my advice, but I'm not a therapist <laughs> in any means, but I'm just trying to find the best way to, to deal with a lot of this stuff. Um, especially black and brown people who, especially black males who uh, just in general therapist therapy is seen as a taboo and for so many different reasons. Um, and it's okay to cry. People have to tell you you're human. If you don't cry, then there's something wrong. Um, so it's okay to cry. That's my yeah. guess. Well, you know, before you say something, I, mean, I really appreciate what you said last time about slavery, that people, you know, you're enslaved, you do all this, and then all of a sudden they go, and all the trauma they, they receive during being enslaved and all, what, all of that, and then they free you, and then it's like, oh, I, I've just experienced this years of trauma and I have, I gotta, I gotta carry that. So it's like, it's in, it's, it's, and I, and I, was, I mean, not that I, that wasn't anything that wasn't surprising, but it was when you said, I was like, yeah, that, that's just, nobody is dealt, you know, that wasn't dealt with. So yeah. and then, anyway, so yeah, so go ahead. I just thought it was so cool when you said that. So that time. concept is actually from Dr. George degree and she is the one who developed this theory um, called post-traumatic uh, slave syndrome or PTSS, which right. basically says that a lot of our adaptive behaviors that are masked as cultural are survival tactics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing that I remember hearing years and years ago um, in therapy, because I actively go to therapy, I speak about mental health, um, I help other people find therapists, um, is that... Yes. The- the, the brain may not remember, but the body always remembers trauma. Um, it has a really impactful way of actually rewiring your brain and your, your immune system. I mean, it is, it is very primal the way that, that trauma affects our bodies. Um, so actually, BJ, what, maybe what we could do is in the description, I could link that video to Dr. Dr. Joy Degree's work. Okay. Um, 
And then I think another good resource to put there would also be the suicide helpline. I think it's really easy, especially as black folks, to not understand the implications, as Drew said, of of depression, anxiety, stress, and a lot of this uncertainty that's going on. And -hmm. black folks are more likely to experience physical symptoms than their white counterparts, um, because that's how we've always had to process our trauma and our emotions. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't have the ability to speak out or to advocate for ourselves. So a lot of our, um, a lot of the ways that we experience depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues is is physically. Um, So I think also linking the suicide uh, helpline. Another great resource that I would like to mention for uninsured, underinsured folks like myself is called Open Path. Um, And maybe BJ, we could link this as well. Essentially, Open Path is somewhere where you pay, uh, I think it's a $59 joining fee. And then you have access to a number of different therapists who are willing to um, basically work with you on a reduced rate. So it's anywhere, I think, from 30 to 60 bucks, depending on the therapist, depending on, you know, what their requirements are for what price tier. Um, That's how I found my therapist and is really the only way that I'm able to actively be engaged in care. So those are a couple of things that I think would be really, really great resources. Um, I help people all the time find therapists. It's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, just helping people really get introduced to, to therapy, what it should look like, what are the things that you should uh, be attentive for. Um, if anybody is looking for any additional help, needing some moral support, um, I would be more than happy. Um, I also have a mental health blog uh, called followingharmony.com. You can follow along and see some um some work from me specifically related to trauma okay all right yeah i'm definitely we need to yes we can talk about i like the links and we will definitely talk about that some more yes definitely awesome yeah but yeah thanks for 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 indulging me i just feel like it's very um it's very important um i did a uh uh, recycle center and we had uh representative from alliance come to oh, okay. to, to be there yeah and it, it mainly was the people that work with the crisis intervention team with with the police officers and <laughs> the the hr she was they, they hadn't gotten their eap up to where they had a psychologist because that's why i was going to try to get them to be there with me and she was really supportive of that so we had them come and just because the the employees are mainly black males and they also are re-entry they're, they're returning citizens and so um, it, it was just this whole thing about, yeah, the Durham Police Department is saying we're going to teach you how to interact with law enforcement, but there's a lot of more, there's a lot of stuff going on. And just wanted to at least be able to tell them, you know, what I'm experiencing and also it's okay. And just have these folks from Alliance go, here's where you can get help. I mean, not to beat them in the head or anything like that. I didn't want to do that. I just want to at least right. say, you know, just recognize what you're feeling. It's okay. Ask for help. And this is how you do that. So anyway, so yeah, it's just it's really important to me that to, we got to get through this. So anyway, let's, the thing I want to talk about is just to kind of talk a little bit. Uh, Steve was with us last, on uh, the last show talk started as we ended, he talked about the defunding and want to get, get an idea of what you guys think about hashtag defund, hashtag about, uh, uh, you know, abolish police. What do you guys think about that? I'm thinking hashtag hell yes. Um, <laughs> is that allowed? Do I have to bleep that out? Um, Steve said something really poignant too. He said that it should be the natural like progression of things. If law enforcement is working in the way that it should, and if all of these other public service systems are working the way that they should, our goal should be to move away, away from policing. And this whole conversation of like, oh, well, we need police because what if a crime happens? Like, who do I call if somebody is blasting music at five o'clock in the morning? Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of reminds me of this whole Me Too movement. Remember when 
it was a really big thing when people were talking about, well, she shouldn't have dressed this way or she shouldn't yeah. have drank this <laughs> amount of alcohol or right. she shouldn't have been at this club. It's almost like we, we did the same thing with men, right? We just basically said that they are inherently sexual beings that have no ability to control their physical reactions and also how they interact with women. And so I feel like we've kind of have that same type of, um, I guess like protection tactic for police. It's, you know, it's almost like we, we're uncomfortable moving without them because we've never been able to really imagine a future where these things don't happen all the time. But if we look in places like in Germany where there's not a lot of violent crime and there's also not a really heavy police presence, we can mm-hmm. see that these things are possible. But when do we stop portraying ourselves as just basically barbaric beings with no amount of emotional regulation. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting um, thing to think about. Yeah. Thank you, I was going to echo what Harmony said about what Steve mentioned in the last episode about how, like you said, it should be a natural um, like progress thing that happens by itself. And I thought I had never heard of it explained that way. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, and I know a lot of people will, and the conversations that I've had with people who are around my age didn't really know what defund the police meant. Um, mm-hmm. They were assuming that it just been like, they didn't really know how to define what that really meant. Um, mm-hmm. So I encourage them to educate and just kind of read about what that really like tones down to. Um, and they, just reading about it kind of helps understand. And I did a little research on my, like my own just to see um, in different counties and different parts of the U S like how much money was given to the police department versus the board of education. And I saw like in my city, um, luckily the board, like education system got more than the police did, but I know I did some research that some others didn't. And I thought that was just so interesting how you could think that the police would need more money than the school mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess for me, I was like, why do you guys have to use that word? Define and abolish. I mean, I get what you're saying, but when you say it, people go, oh my God, nobody's going to be able to investigate crime. And it really doesn't mean that. It just means, you know, you got to figure out, like you said, because you can at some point, if you give people and help them with their housing, give them living wages, all those types of things, and you really don't need having police officers run around doing social issue stuff. And you have to have bodies for that. But just to give you some insight as to when we do budgets, when people, we always sitting around the table doing budget time, they'll say stuff like police department needs to reduce their budget. And the first thing that goes are the soft stuff, crime prevention, uh, the housing units that are in the housing uh, developments and, you know, working with the kids, anything that doesn't have, that's not related to responding to 911, those soft serve police, like police athletically, that would go. Anything that you would automatically think you would want your police officers to be involved in and doing those community outreach because those are the soft things because we want to, we want to engage. But if you tell us we have to cut our budget, we're definitely not taking anybody's away from answering 911 calls. And when people, so that, that's what, what would happen. That's where they would probably start. But like you said, we got to figure out how to make people understand. I think for me is you got to fund the police in order to, to maintain 911 calls. To, to, you you got to have enough number of officers to be able, if your city starts to grow, your calls are going to increase. Your crime, you know, you, whatever, that's going to happen. But what frustrates me is people sitting in front of the police department saying you need, you need to defund the police department, but you got to understand we're funded by the city who takes care of your lights and your road and your water. 
the county has the social services part. And so why don't you go over there and demand that you increase the amount of money, increase social workers, increase uh, spaces in, in mental health. So that's where that's that's where that money that's a different that's a different pot. So when I see people fussing and, and, and looking at city council and city managers and going, you know, defund the police. Well, okay, but we, that's, our, that's the money we use to do the water, whatever. But the soft services across the street over there in Durham County building, but you're not over there yelling at them. And so for me, just because I know that's how that works, is trying to get people to go, go, go over here and, and, and tell the county you want more social service stuff. And then maybe the police department or the city will go, you know, we can help with that. But we don't provide the stuff that police officers are addressing. Does that make sense? Like we're running around doing homelessness stuff. We don't have a, we don't have a place to take the homeless guy because all the beds are full. So y'all need to make some more something, but that's, that doesn't come out. That doesn't come out of the city. That comes out of the County. Does that make sense? Yes. It mm-hmm. 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 And I think it, like you said, like these other these other systems need more money. And so by taking away from the police department, we have, or taking away funding rather, we have the financial means to invest it elsewhere. Like it's Mm -hmm. crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy to me and mortifying that, you know, police officers are getting, or I wouldn't say police officers, police systems rather are getting more money than like housing projects. Like, of course, if people are homeless, they're going to commit more deviant acts simply because they're trying to survive. So for me, it's it's almost like this is just so easy. Like, it's common sense. Like, why is this not what everybody wants? Like, why do we not want social workers responding to calls of suicidal people? I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, BJ, when a guy called um, the police department and he was suicidal and he ended up pointing a gun at them and they shot him. Yes. And I just wonder how much, and, and I'm not, it's not to say necessarily that, you know, I'm blaming the police for that or, or, or anything like that. But I, I guess my question is how much more impactful could it have been if we had a trained individual there that knows the signs of, you mm-hmm. know, suicide and also knows what to do as far as like crisis intervention, like, you know, to an extent we are expecting police to perform jobs that they're not qualified to, to perform. I mean, honestly, they probably aren't even qualified to be police with the level. I mean, I mean, honest, a lot of these guys got GDs and if you heard them read, you would think that they probably would need to go back to school. I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot of training. It, it, it's these homegrown good old boys that, that joined because they really don't have another option. Well, you know, I'm glad you said it because I was going to push back on that because you said that it's, it's easy to be a police, and it really isn't. But what I, what I will give you is that there's basic law enforcement training. Okay, and then you really, depending on the agencies and stuff, they're asking for college degrees to even fill out applications. So it's not the easy, like Durham may do that. You know, you need a college degree. Doesn't really matter what degree, but you need a college degree. But you might get somewhere like, you know, a small town and all you need is the basic law enforcement training. And you can. So, like, they can, what they qualifies you. you to take that? Like a GED, high school diploma? Yeah, yeah high school. Yeah, yeah, high school, okay. twenty-one years of age. Yes, high school degree, high school diploma, twenty-one years of age. For the most, some small agencies will, will probably say, "Look, twenty-one, high school degree, pass the BLET, and I will hire you." Whereas Durham might just say, and you know, they'll make 
things a little more for you to come in. So it's not necessarily always easy. And then that's a, that's the other piece that that we have to figure out too. That for me, Steve and I were talking about this before we we got on was that taking some of these obstacles out of the way of allowing black folks join police departments. Uh, like you really don't need a college degree to be the popo. You really don't. You don't. I mean, what, what, what I want is a good human being. So if you're a good person, True. you've done the good thing. I can teach you how to be a police officer. True. You know, but so, I will say and, that. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. So and, I, and I'm not saying that they don't need the education, but to get in the door, I don't think that should be a deterrent. That that because especially if you are and you've been yeah you know, people well you know he's really good he takes you I mean he's just a good these individuals are good people and then you get in the agency and then you go look within the next three or four years I need you to get a social, associate's degree or start working toward a college degree but to to cause them not to even get in the door because they don't have a college degree we're losing a lot of good folks and uh, I'm gonna, we're going to do a show with another officer uh, who you know people will just calling him Uncle Tom because he joined the police department. But I, I used to hear all the time well, kid guy, kids on the street be like, guys on the street, like, I don't want to be the police. I know too many people. And I'm thinking, well, you're just the guy that needs to be the popo because you're the guy that, that knows the community. They like you. and you. Drug- I mean, we need you, black kids, black folks, to be on the police department. You know, and then when you start having that, those are relationships. And um we just need to figure out a way to help that. So anyway, I know I got off on a tangent, but we were talking about yeah. defunding police. <laughs> right. Well, I, so I hear what you said. Yeah, I that's a saying. part of it. I mean, that's a yeah. part of it, right? Like, I think yeah, all yeah. of it, you know, we are coming from a place of privilege when we say that somebody should have a college degree in order yeah. to be a police. But what we do know is that when people go to college and they are more educated, they tend to support more progressive ideas like defunding the police. And mm-hmm. I would argue, BJ, if your job is to protect and serve um, and you carry a gun and you you have the ability to kill somebody basically without any repercussions. Uh, you have the ability to write uh, arrest reports and crime reports based on what you feel or what you think that you observed. The very least that you need, I mean, to some degree, in my opinion, is a college degree. Like college mm-hmm. degree is like an easy standard. I mm-hmm. can barely get a job treating folks in any capacity, even mm-hmm. like supportive therapy with a degree and ample experience in nonprofit. So it's like in other places we hold people to higher standards. Why are police not held to a higher educational standard? But I guess that's mm-hmm. a, that's a completely different conversation for mm-hmm. another day, but mm-hmm. it almost seems to me that we're okay with police being able to do, the bare minimum. I mean, right. just, just in general, not right. necessarily with, with entry requirements, but right. I think that that's where it starts. Okay. Got you. Okay. Any comment, Drew? I'm just kind of absorbing right now. And listening <laughs> to you talking to you. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So yeah, that whole defunding and above police, I think when they, when folks start coming in, coming from the, in from the protesting and sit down there, they'll begin to figure out, okay, well, they Police got to have a certain amount of dollars just to function and be able to respond to calls. And then you just got to figure out, okay, well, where, do, where does the money come from to help homelessness, to help mental health? You know, who's going to pay for that? Is it something that we can move from police to, you know, the police budget to that? Or is it, or is it like, again, like we're set up in Durham that all the soft services are open in county. And do we need to start paying attention and go, okay, county folks, you need to increase, you know, make more stuff. So once people come in and start having it and figure out whose dollars are responsible for what, and then like Steve said, now you need to be accountable for doing what you need to do with that money. 
because we need to have we need to have police officers stop running around uh, arresting homeless people because they ain't got nowhere to go, and, and that's just not cool. But that's the only thing we have. That's the only tool we have because we're the popo. And right. So yeah, and you, you need to give us something else to do. So yeah. Okay. Yes. Just like I guess when I went hearing you say that about I didn't know the thing about there were certain sectors of the what what the money from the police goes and then the money from the county goes and how that's different. So I guess like is the way just to go and ask the police officers where this money goes because I didn't know that. So that's not common knowledge for like the regular lay citizen that just wouldn't generally know. So they don't know who to ask for money from or where to go to ask that. So. Who do, would, I, would people just go to the police officers or the police department and ask, how do I get in contact with the people, the right people to get this money directed the right way? Or how does that go to the elected official? Or where do, where do these questions go? How do people get this knowledge? Or how would I get this knowledge? Yeah, it's basically set up that way. Usually, and Harmony, you might need to help me with but but usually city takes care of your, what they call hard services, water, street, sanitation, police. Stuff like that. That's that's what you call your hard services. Your soft services are usually most often always with county government. So mainly you just go to the county government. That's where your health department is, the social services. That's, uh, that's where you get your checks from. All, all of that is, is in the county. So people wanting to increase those services and make them more available to individuals in the community, you just go directly to your county services. So you would go to Durham County government and they would have all that there. So that's kind of, that's just how that works. City takes care of, they always call it the hard service and county government takes care of the soft services. But correct me if I'm wrong, BJ, most of these, like most of these funds are at least partially funded by taxpayers. Is that right? Oh, all of it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, all of it is. And see, that's the other thing. I mean, we're getting ready to go down another rabbit hole, but the bottom line is, so you want this to happen, you're going to have to follow that dollar because eventually we, you got to figure, you're going to have to pay for that. You're going you're gonna to have to pay to increase social workers. You're going to have to pay to, you know, to have folks trained to do these things that you're asking. And, the, and then the, the piece that we're trying to figure out is that can money from the city, who's a city entity, you help with that money in to county, so that that's that's where things start to get a little murky, and it just depends on how municipalities are set up across the the country. You know what does that look like? So yes, mm-hmm. taxes are going to go up. If you want all this, you're gonna have to pay for some of this, and so nobody's really exactly talking about that right now. But it's gonna be expensive because now you got to have homeless shelters, you got to have mental health workers, you got to have blah blah. I mean, all, all of that. And again, like Steve said, if these people step up, then law enforcement can kind of reduce their responsibilities and they won't, because now they'll just be really doing what they're supposed to do, you know, investigating crimes, you know, doing traffic accidents, you know, the stuff that they were built to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway. Okay, cool. Um, The last thing I'll do is we kind of wind this down is just kind of talk about why I think I may have talked about a little bit again I started this business in 2015 but just to kind of give you a little history about me I was raised down in this eastern part of the state with my parents the place that I'm coming from is just law enforcement is a noble profession and my my role and the way that I think I was professionally was in a servant role and, and doing that and making sure people understand that, you know, when I'm listening to what folks say about, I mean, when you have 
of folks things say things to me like in a white community like can you get some people down here to enforce speeding right i mean i'm going to this white community and they're like speeding is a problem and somebody's going to get hit so i was like okay so i went down as a district commander and i told them i said look I, my resources are limited and i told them the story i said i have a black 90 year old black female this is a true story i have a 90 year old black female lives on the south side of durham who literally sleeps under her bed at night because she's afraid of a bullet coming through her house so when I did, and I said, and I said, so you're asking me to have my resources come out here and monitor 25 mile an hour speed limit. I have a 90 year old woman that can't sleep in her own bed. You tell me where I need to send my resources. Right. Crickets, right? Because now they know what we're dealing with. And so that's the kind of relationship I would have in the community. Like, just be very honest with everybody can't sit on their front porch sometimes in these, in these communities. And now goal was to try to make everybody safe. So when we talk about, you know, what's going on now, I want to be able to help folks navigate law enforcement. You know, like these conversations that we're having, like Drew just said, oh, so where is the, so who do we need to talk to about increasing social services? If you don't, if you're not, understanding the minutiae that goes on in government, then it's kind of, it's easy to protest. And I'm not saying anything against protest, but it's easy to, to demand things until you get in the room and you go, oh, oh, we got to do it this way. Because now you're in the room and you're sitting down and you're hearing something that's a different language that you weren't aware of. And I want to help people navigate that as you're protesting. Because I want you to ask for the right thing. Like I was just asked the other day, about, you know, where do we need to start looking? And we talked a little bit about basic law enforcement training, mm-hmm. which is really basic. I mean, it's just, just enough, I mean, to be a law enforcement. So do we need to start looking at, and then you go join a police department. You're sponsored, you go join, and that's all you get. And you go, they say, go be a police in this particular small town, and that's you get. But you come to Durham, they do BLET, and they add extra stuff on it, de-escalation training, communication. Tra- I mean, they add, I mean, they put more stuff on top. But if you're in a small town, you may just get the BLET, right? That doesn't include de-escalation training, community policing training. But are we seeing, like, I guess my question for that is, like, are we seeing these smaller police departments are, are they killing people? You know what I mean? And the, I don't want to say at the same rate, because obviously if it's smaller, they're going to have less people, thus less interactions. But it seems like a lot of these instances of people being killed are from these larger police departments that should have these more intense and I guess just more holistic type of trainings. Yeah, they should. I guess I'm, I, I want to look at all of it because I think I, I don't know what I mentioned to you guys how many, there are like 18,000 really police departments across wow. the country. Tell you that okay. kind of, so there are actually 17,000 to be actually the exact number, 17,985. 15,500 of 50 or less personnel. Wow. The, the minorities are large organizations. So I hear what you're saying. And those are the ones that the media that are constantly in our faces. Right. Like that. So I'm so, just curious. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, because that's because they're large. I'm not saying things aren't happening, but then when you start talking about little small towns that don't have the CJ Davis, you know, and, and believe in community policing. So right. my thing is I want to figure out how to help these small towns who may not, they might still be doing what they do. And I'm not saying they're not, not killing anybody, but there are some things they probably shouldn't be doing. They need right. to be progressive and trying to help people navigate that because the bulk of the agencies in this country, like I said, 15, out of the 17,000, 15,500 are less than 50. Wow. That's yeah. insane. When you think yeah. about just like what that looks like. 
Yes. Well, most of them are really small. So yeah, yes. thank you for that. I'm now I'm just curious as to like, what does it look like, you know, and smaller versus larger police forces. But like you said, like the media is obviously going to highlight, yes. um, you know, larger cities. I mean, just as they do with anything, if it's a larger right. scale, of course, it's going to get more attention. Yes. So yes. yeah, that's very interesting to me. Yeah. So I just, I just want to, cause I'm, I'm working with a small agency now. And, and the thing is they don't have the, so let, let's say a small town wants to do what a big town is doing. Like, okay, we want to do police reform too. Right. So we go in and that small town, that small police agency doesn't have the knowledge, doesn't understand how to track the data. You don't know how to ask for the data. You don't know how to buy the software to get the data information so you can figure out what your police department is doing. So that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we uh, hopefully you and the, these, this podcast will help people uh, navigate and be able to understand what that language is. So you in a small community, because we have a crime analyst in the Durham Police Department. That's what that group does. They analyze all our data, which tells us where we need to be, how we need to, you know, use our resources, where a lot of communities do not have that and, and, and stuff like that. So for me, you know, I just want to give people a little bit more insight. For me, it's, it's just all about communications and listening uh, to folks because uh, that, that's your world. You know, I'm just here to try to help you navigate it the best way that I can from a law enforcement perspective. You know, I'm, it's a job, you know, but, but my, my, I do it because I care and then I want folks to understand that's what we're trying to do. So I guess that's about it. Oh, one last thing. I love cartoons. <laughs> Old fashioned cartoons, right? Bugs Bunny. And just who? Charlie Brown. Yeah, but cartoons, man. HBO has a new streaming called Cartoons and they are, have removed the guns from Elmer Fudd and, um, What's his name? What's the guy? Yosemite Sam. They no longer will have guns on their cart of their new streaming. They've taken the guns away from it. And I was like, it's a new world now that Elma Fudd and uh, Yosemite Sam not going to have anyone. They still have the Acme Advils and Dynamite. Those are still blowing up stuff. They're just not shooting stuff. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So anyway, it's just a me thing because I like cartoons because I'm old. You know, I like old cartoons. You were the only person that was going to mention that, BJ, because I'd had enough old people jokes for the day. Um, So you hold on yourself with that one. I did anyway. So anyway. All right, guys. You guys got any last words? Words of wisdom as we walk out of here? I guess just kind of echoing what we said at the beginning, just about the mental health thing. Just kind of try your best to stay up and to stay positive. Um, but like hear your emotions, know that they are valid and what you're going through is not, is, is real. It's not, not real. That doesn't make any sense, but it just listen to yourself and listen to your body because your body yeah. can tell you more things than your mind can sometimes. So that's all. Yeah. And uh, thanks Harvey about that. So yeah, we'll definitely look at doing some of those links for sure. Um, on, on on the website and, and podcasts and all that and and just before too I, I didn't get a chance to mention it so you know so you guys who knows our team consists of Chris Chris Downey and uh, Abby Bradetich, uh who is our social media gurus keep pushing us out there and and um, helping us out get the word out so that's our team and uh, thanks for tuning in and stay safe stay well peace. <laughs>